through the game plan You're in the finals race The first up tackle hurts you And tomorrow you'll be sore But the only thing that's on your mind Is you're close enough to score Hello everyone and welcome to this special 2021 NRL Grand Final Preview Podcast presented by the Western Weekender. I'm Troy Dodds and for the next little while we'll focus on anything and everything to do with Sunday night's big game between the Panthers and the Rabbitohs. South Sydney chasing their 22nd Premiership, the Panthers their third and of course it all happens in Brisbane of all places, Suncorp Stadium to host its first ever Grand Final. I'm joined by the Weekenders Senior Rugby League writer Nathan Taylor. G'day, Nathan. G'day, Troy. Now, before we get into the excitement of uh, Grand Final Day, mm. there is some big news out of Brisbane today, and it relates to the crowd on Sunday. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, there's been a few COVID cases pop up overnight in the area, and the NRL and the Queensland Government have decided to cap the crowd at Suncorp Stadium to 75%, which is, which is absolutely devastating for the fans that we're looking forward to going. Yeah, well, there would have been fans. It sounds like they're going to work on a, on a last-in, first-out basis, and a lot of those last-ins are actually um, true fans because they were opened up to the members of the clubs. Yeah, and as I was saying to you earlier, Troy, I think that's absolutely disgraceful because, yeah, there would be a lot of Panthers fans and Souths fans that would have waited for their team to get in on Grand Final uh, last weekend, and basically they would have woke up on Monday buying their tickets ready to go, and the NRL is now saying that they're, those people that are true fans of both clubs can't attend. I mean, it's, uh, it is remarkable how our major events, we know the general competition as well, but our major events have been so impacted uh, by COVID in the last uh, two years. We had, of course, Origin uh, switched twice to, um, you know, first to Newcastle and then um, to Queensland uh, mid-year. We've had uh, the grand final, of course, last year played in front of a reduced crowd and now this, and, and anything could happen in the next couple of days. Now, we were discussing what happened. We're now three days out. We're recording this um, on Thursday afternoon. We're three days out from the grand final, if things get worse uh, into Friday or Saturday, do we face the prospect of the grand final either not going ahead on Sunday night or going ahead with no crowds? Well, I don't think they can go ahead with no crowds. I think that's absolutely that would be awful, not only for the players but for the game and for the look on TV. Uh, it just it would just be terrible having playing in front of an empty stadium. They've got to figure something out. They've just got to bite the bullet and, and go for it. The, too much has been invested and time and, and whatnot has been put in place to, to make this happen. And if not, if Queensland can't do it and don't want it, then let's push it back a week. We'll have it in Sydney, uh, day before Freedom Day, as they say, on October 11. And uh, if it's 5,000 people, then first in best dress, Troy. All right. Well, I actually think my, my gut feeling is that if, if, if things do get worse over the next few days in Queensland, that we will play in front of... Uh, of no crowd on Sunday night and that the game will go ahead. I just think there's too much uh, logistically to, to do otherwise. So we'll see what happens. The NRL will be working that out. We know they had a plan B for Townsville, but Townsville has also mm. uh, gone to these new restrictions in Queensland. So if you would think if there is uh, a lockdown in Brisbane, it's probably going to be a lockdown in Townsville as well. So we'll see what happens. But uh, look, the most important thing is, of course, we've got a big game on Sunday night, hopefully, no matter what, and that is the Panthers and the Rabbitohs. Now, how is your uh, how is your heart rate after that uh, victory over Melbourne last weekend? 
yeah, I had to be revived um, just after the game because I could not believe that uh, that we managed to hold on there in those dying minutes. It got awfully tight there, and part of me could just see a storm player getting over and just breaking all of our hearts. But thankfully, um, Penrith held firm and uh, managed to get the job done. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's um, look, it's a credit to to the boys who who managed to somehow do this the hard way. We know that they lost to South Sydney in week one. We know that the stats generally aren't good for teams that lose in week one, but uh, the Panthers, of course, got through that victory over Parramatta, then got through the win over um, over the Melbourne Storm. Nobody really was giving them much of a chance against the Storm, but uh, but they got it done, and they got it done yet again on a, on a terrific defence, which we're guessing will be the key again. Come, uh, come Sunday night. Yeah, it was an absolutely incredible effort. And as you said, there's only been one team in recent years, that was the Cowboys of 2015, that managed to do win the premiership the hard way, and that was losing week one and get to the big dance and win it. And um, Penrith are looking to be the, the second team in the last six years to do that. So, yeah, that was on the back of defence, and they're going to need another mighty defensive performance again on Sunday against the Bunnies. Well, they are the best defensive team in the NRL, of course. They have been for the last two years, so hopefully that... Uh, carries them in good stead. Um, let's talk about the players. Uh, we saw earlier in the week some bad news for uh, Tavita Pangai Jr. That was probably the biggest uh, Panther story during the week. You've talked to a couple of the players, but uh, first of all, the Tavita news. Yeah, sadly, uh, Tavita was uh, ruled out uh, with a, a knee injury that he suffered in the game against the Storm. Um, he actually ruled himself out. The injury was just too bad and he he wanted to give a, a young player like Spencer Leniu the chance to play in a grand final especially after missing last year's and I think that was a admirable thing he could have done they, they could have kept him in the side and ruled him out the last minute but uh, he didn't want any distractions and and well done to, to Vita for, for making that sacrifice. Now you had the opportunity to talk to a few of the boys earlier in the week uh, how do you feel that the, uh, the atmosphere is there in camp and um, what was their general vibe as they head into their uh, second grand final? Yeah they're obviously they were obviously happy, but uh, they looked very focused. I remember meeting them last year uh, in grand final week, and they were very excited and pumped to, to just be there. But this time that you feel that, that there's something in them that, that they really want it this time. Not that they didn't last time, but uh, they, they know what they're in for, and uh, I don't think they'll be letting go of this opportunity anytime soon. Yeah, and I guess um, the, the vast majority, of course, of the 2020 squad is, um, as ex, you know, is back this year. Only a couple of real sort of general changes, but the, the nucleus of that team is there. So um, they'll certainly be using the uh, the pain of 2020. Um, did you get that much feeling? Was there was there much talk about 2020? What happened last year uh, going into this year? Yeah, I mean, uh, Isaiah in particular, he spoke about uh, the, the experience of last year and the heartbreak and, and how they've been using that sort of all season to, to get to where they are. But he also touched on um, how much of the players have had so many big game experience since that grand final in terms we had, you know, half a dozen players in origin this year. Um, that that was huge for, for just for their, their experience and their um, confidence heading into the back end of the season. So they certainly um, know what they're in for this year. There's 13 players that played in last year's grand final that will line up for the Panthers on Sunday. South Sydney have four players that have played grand finals and, uh, the majority of those were seven years ago uh, when the Bunnies last won in 2014. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, yeah, the big big week for the players. They did look very relaxed at the Dally M Awards, of course, on um, on. Monday I mean, like, is that a good sign? I mean, that, that's that's good, right? Yeah, absolutely. They were <laughs> enjoying it more than most of us. Uh, all right, let's have a look at the path <laughs> to uh, to the grand final. And we know that the Panthers, of course, finished second at the end of the regular season. Now, South Sydney finished third. 
and were almost the forgotten team, you could almost argue, because in other years, South Sydney's total would have won them the minor premiership. So they're, they're no slouches, but they did have that weird mid-season slump where they lost uh, to us, to the Panthers, by 56, and then to I think Melbourne beat them by 50 as well. No team in the history mm. of the game has won a competition. We keep hearing this stat, uh, having conceded 50 points during the season. They've done it twice, so they're going to have to overcome some history there. Um, would you rather be, at the moment, if you had a choice, would you have rather been the Bunnies or the Panthers in terms of the path through in the last couple of weeks? Because they've been very different. Penrith have had three brutal games. Uh, they also didn't rest players in the last round of the competition. South, they rested a lot of stars in the in the, in the the first uh, in the last round of the season. They then, of course, uh, played that game against Penrith, had a week off, and then the pretty softish uh, game against Manly. Who would you rather be? Look, if you asked me this question a few weeks ago, I would have taken the bunnies path, of course, because, you know, you get the week off after winning the first week and then you would have came up against Manly, who who seriously were not up to standard of, of the top four. I mean, there was Melbourne, South and, and Penrith and then... Then there was Manly, uh, a few a few uh, rungs down. Look, I think I like the fact that Penrith have done it differently this year. I think it's it's hardened them, it's steeled them, and it's prepared them for um, you know for, for hopefully this Sunday. I mean, I, I'm got, losing in that week one gave them a bit of a scare. I think bit of a kick up the butt that they I think they needed, and um, I think that's why we've seen these performances in recent weeks. So yeah, I'll probably go the Penrith path. I know you're probably saying that's biased, but I like that they've done it differently this year compared to last year because last year in the end didn't really work. So they've had to find a different way this year and hopefully that puts them in good stead on Sunday. Yeah, I've got to say, I, I agree. I think that the if Penrith would have just cruised through the bunnies and then potentially cruised through Manly, yeah. we'd, be, we'd all be sitting here thinking we've got it one again, yes, you know, yeah, no exactly. drama. We know that uh, that team has been through uh, been through the ringer in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'll tell you what, just watching it on the lounge has been tough, but, um, but for <laughs> those guys... Just some of the incredible defence in those last two weeks, not just the fact that they only conceded one or two tries, but when you saw those breaks that were able to be shut down, um, Justin Ollum um, almost scored a try, then of course Scott Sorensen's incredible rundown of Jerome Hughes, they're moments that, that almost in any other game through the year, the opposition scores. Yeah. Penrith are stopping those tries from happening and uh, it's pretty exciting to watch. Oh, absolutely. It's incredible and we haven't seen this from a Penrith side in ever you know um, it's been great um, you just hope they've got one more in them um, I'm sure the last few weeks have taken it out of them but uh, you just hope you know they've got one more big performance especially defensively in them on Sunday and just talking of that defense I've written um, today in the in our special weekend our preview wraparound it is remarkable and ironic that in this year that um, that we talked about blowout scorelines every week, mm. that mid-season, Peter Volandes was was being you know slammed from pillar to post because he's changed all these rules. We've got more set restarts. We're getting blowout scorelines. It's all about attack. We're not rewarding defence. And then along come the Panthers, who are the best defensive team in the competition. There is every chance the best defensive team in the competition is going to take the title out. A team that in the last two weeks only conceded two tries... Um, you know, both from kicks. It, it's quite remarkable and ironic that that's how this season may pan out, given how it's gone through the year. Exactly right. And if you if you look back to the whole final series, they've scored conceded four tries and three of them are from kicks. Mm. So it's it is quite incredible. Um, you're right, and, and it's a testament to the coaching staff, Cameron Seraldo in particular. He's installed these systems in the last few years, and even last year, Penrith had outstanding defence, and they've taken it to a new level this year and um, yeah the Landys has, has tried to change the rules Melbourne scored 800 and something points and it still wasn't good enough because at the end of the day and as they always say defence wins premierships and hopefully that comes into factor on Sunday 
Let's talk about the game itself and how uh, it can be won. Because we, we did this, um, not via a podcast, but I think last week, everything went the way in that Melbourne game that you would have wanted it to go and that we talked about beforehand, which was, well, you need Melbourne to make a few little errors, i.e. Mm. Uh, Jennings dropping the, the ball with the wide with the, with the line wide open, maybe a good injury or two, we saw <laughs> that happen, and maybe Penrith need to score the first try, and they did that in just the second or third minute. Everything went Penrith's way, and then they were able, from then, to defend out the victory, and we, yeah. and we thought that might happen. Against South Sydney, I kind of think it's a similar thing because I'm sure that in the back of Ivan Cleary's mind is the way they started that 2020 grand final, which was um, which is pretty ordinary. Mm. Um, 22-0 at half time, they were gone. Uh, you don't come back from Melbourne, and they almost did, but you don't come back when you're down 22-0. I think it's the same sort of thing. I think if Penrith can get into the grind in that first 10 or 15 minutes and it's either nil or they're up by one try, that things will calm down. I think it's you know they'll relax and they'll be able to go on and win. But if, if South can get the edge in the, early, then mm. Penrith may just start to panic. They could panic, and, and that's when it could spell disaster. But hopefully um, hopefully things go our way again. I mean, it, it's unlikely um, Souths are going to play as, as bad as Melbourne did the other day in terms of dropping all that ball and, and obviously all those errors and, and missing out on all those certain tries that they would score every other week. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Penrith do need to get off to a good start again. They need to get a bit of confidence in them. Um, and if they can get a couple of tries away early... Uh, it might just be enough to to bury South in the end. I think they Penrith thrive on confidence and, and scoring and 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 leading and and doing things from in front. And um, if they can do that again uh, on the weekend, it'll be great. You have to take your mind back to a few weeks ago, not the last time Penrith played South, but the previous time when South were up twelve nil. Um, out at Suncorp Stadium, and uh, we we're all thinking, we we're messaging in the chat group that we have, oh, this is this is awful. Souths have our measure, and um, Penrith managed to come back uh, after half time and, and put a score on and um, and win the game. And, and everyone was talking about Panthers again. So they they will have that in the back of their minds that if things don't go their way early, they can come back. But yeah, ideally, a lead, um, an early lead, would be very good for this side. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, the fact that Penrith got through Melbourne, there's a, there's a crazy stat, I think it's, it's since 2014 or 15 or something like that. Mm. If Melbourne don't win the comp, then the team who knocked them out <laughs> goes on to win the comp because okay. Mel, Mel, the reality is that Melbourne are the, are the benchmark and if you've been able to beat the benchmark, um, all things considered, you should be able to get there. But of course, there's some South Sydney storylines here that, um, that, that edge the fairy tale their way mm. and we'll talk about that, I guess, because... It's funny how things have changed in the space of 12 months. 12 months ago, this was a fairy tale Penrith team that everyone in the game loved. Penrith were becoming everyone's second team. Yes, uh, people yes. were loving Jerome Luai and loving Brian Toe. And I actually still think they do, but we've also seen a bit of a shift towards some, some hatred, which I guess you just put down to, well, if you're going well, you're going to get hated. Yeah, and that that's that's classic tall poppy syndrome, and and obviously there, there's certain aspects, uh, there's certain people in the media and and media organisations that, uh, I'm not saying they don't like Penrith, but they they they, they put a lot of focus uh, on the club and um, sometimes in a negative way, and that can transfer over to the fan base. I mean, you've even got Russell Crowe uh, <laughs> this week, um, millions of followers on Twitter, one of the biggest movie stars in the world, complaining about uh, something that went on in the. Penrith Storm game that, at the end well, of the day, didn't affect his team or affect the outcome of the result. So when you get all these combinations and things going on out there, then you can see why people get turned off from Penrith from time to time. I have a, a, a theory there as well. And look, South City may go on and win the grand final on Sunday night. And if they mm. do that, then none of this will, will get talked about. 
But if they don't, surely they're going to back, look back on this week and just go, what What are they doing? They're, mm. they're emailing the NRL about yeah. how often a Penrith trainer is on the field in a game that had nothing to do with them. Yeah. That, that, that had nothing to do. Why? Because, to me, they're rattled and they want to make sure that, that Penrith have not even the slightest of perceived advantages. I mean, I, I don't really know. Like, uh, Cooper Cronk on um, on Fox League on uh, Wednesday night was saying, you know what, if Nathan Cleary and Isaiah Yo haven't <laughs> figured out what what the issue is in the field, a guy in a blue trainer kit is not going to solve it for them. Yeah. So the, this weird perception of trainers, I mean, it goes back all the way to Brisbane and Alan Langer and, and all of that, but I know it's frustrating for fans, but it's, I don't know what they think they're doing. They're not out there with a recharger giving them some more. Some it's more unbelievable. I mean, we know how the, the industry works, Troy. I mean, you know, this should have been a private email to the NRL. Yep. Yet somehow maybe one of the journos at News Corp got... Uh, BCC'd in it or something like that, and uh, and and this is how it turns now, into a now story. This is the point. You would think, and look, let's not no aspersions here, but if I had to guess, I'm saying that's leaked by South Sydney. Yeah. I, I mean, I know the NRL can leak like a sieve as well, but yeah. you would think that that leak comes from South Sydney. Yeah. So that means that they want it out there. They want it out there that they complained. They want it in the public space. They did this. In the first week of the they finals. Did, yeah. So they're obviously thinking this works. <laughs> it's very bizarre. I find it very bizarre. I found it very bizarre how uh, obsessed some of the Bunnies fans are mm. about match officials and, and things like that. I know that Penrith fans through the year can be a bit like that as well. Mm. At the end of the day, um, we all don't like the referee from time to time. But I think we can agree that Jared Sutton is the guy that should be officiating the grand final. And, um, yeah. you know, Grant Atkins, who's in the, is the bunker official... One of the rising stars of the refereeing ranks. They, they both should be there. Absolutely, the, the the pair have been around for a very long time and deserve their their spots in this. Sorry, bit of a storm happening outside. Yeah, yeah, the Melbourne storm might be gone, <laughs> but here in Penrith, wow. Um, yeah, obviously the uh, yeah the referees that got picked for for Sunday's game certainly deserve, deserve to be there. And if your team is good enough on the day, you shouldn't have to worry about the referee. And I suspect them to. Uh, certainly stay out of it on Sunday, hopefully, because otherwise you could just imagine if Penrith win, there's some sort of refereeing drama that's just going to overshadow the whole thing. So hopefully it's a, it's a good game and a good clean game. Absolutely. Well, now, look, Bennett and Cleary, let's have a, a bit of a chat about that. I'm mm. sure the media this week oh, yeah. were desperate, desperate for Bennett v. Cleary Mark Round two. two, yes. Both were too smart for that. Um, last weekend where it could have started. Wayne Bennett on Friday night, before he even knew that he may face Penrith, made sure that he shut down any discussion about Ivan Cleary very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, very different to week one, where I think Wayne... Wayne doesn't say anything that Wayne doesn't want to say. So at the end of the day, he obviously wanted to create a little bit of a feud or whatever. Um, Ivan, he declared that Wayne Bennett's the greatest coach of all time in his press <laughs> conference. So, you know, he's probably sent Wayne some flowers during the week. And obviously during the <laughs> week... There hasn't really been any discussion from either coach. We will see some some press conferences on Friday, I presume. Mm. I think we can predict how they're going to go, and that will be that um, that both Ivan and Wayne will not engage in any of these conversations. Well, that so, press conference is traditionally that's together, right? Um, it has been together because last been. year I'm not sure now where things are at. With last year was different because Ivan yep. was here and Bellamy was up in Queensland. But traditionally, yeah. this is when the two coaches they do get together. So th- this, that could be really yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what the NRL has planned there, particularly around bubbles and all of that yeah, where they're yeah, at but yeah. um, it would be interesting to watch maybe they could do a bit of a boxing shot like the uh, the boxers do it, yeah, it's going to be incredible they need to put that live on Channel 9 somewhere <laughs> I reckon but let's talk about those two so Wayne Bennett is chasing Premiership number 8 yep. um, he's been in 10 grand finals good he, record um, it is an incredible record. I think he's in his 30th final series which means that he makes the grand final what a third of the time that he goes to the finals mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Um, Ivan Cleary is in grand final number three. Mm. Uh, of course, took the Warriors to a grand final um, and and Penrith this year and last year. He's yet to win one, Ivan. Yep. How? Who who has the bigger story here? Is it Wayne needs to go out from his time at South as the champion and and he's won then at three separate clubs and he really is the king. Mm. He officially potentially gets confirmed as the greatest coach in NRL history. Or is it Ivan who goes into game 370, the second longest serving coach of all time to not win a comp? He needs to win one. Who, who, who's, which storyline trumps? Oh, look, I think, I think the pressure is well and truly on Ivan Cleary uh, this mm. week because, yeah, for the simple fact, he hasn't won one and he has taken uh, now three teams to a grand final and I think you just need to get that monkey off the back, Troy. I mean, yeah, everyone would love the fairy tale ending with, with Wayne Bennett leaving South and getting his eighth uh, premiership, but um, there's nothing like your first and, and Ivan Cleary will be desperate to uh, to get that one across the line. Um in, in terms of Wayne Bennett, you're right. He's had an incredible uh, history in the game and, and an incredible coaching record and, and premierships and whatnot. But he has coached some damn good teams over the years. Think of those Broncos sides in the 90s that he had a hand of and, and when that's where he won most of his premierships with them. Uh, he then took his talents to the St. George Illawarra and that side was, was one of the best of all time. And then Newcastle, you know, not mm. as good of a team. He did take them to the final. Yep. True, took them to a prelim, I believe, mm-hmm. but didn't quite get them over the line. So it, it does depend on on what team Bennett has, um, you know, that he's coaching. And um, yeah, he, he's a great coach, and he knows how to get the best out of his players. But to answer your question, Ivan Cleary certainly has the most pressure going into into this Sunday's match. For me, I 100% agree. I think this is this is about Ivan because I think Wayne Bennett leaves South Sydney as a success story no matter what. Yeah. He's taken them to a grand final. He's taken them to the prelims before that. Um, at times during this season and others, South have looked gone. He's blooded some great players. He's coached through um, through the adversity of the last couple of seasons and done well. So I think Wayne Bennett walks away from South Sydney with his reputation and his resume well intact. For Ivan, I don't know if he will get a better chance you know, after 370 games, oh yeah, he had a shot with the Warriors in 2012, a young Warriors team that, that, that couldn't get the job done. He should have won it last year. We can all agree on that. Mm. This year, he gets the chance with a squad that, no matter what happens from here, will get broken up. We can, we know that there's plenty of talent coming through at Penrith. That's not a drama. We know that the nucleus is there moving forward. But at the end of next season, you do have a bunch of players off contract. Yeah. This, this group will get broken up. So this is the chance, and. I think, he, he look, he needs to win it. He needs to win it. The monkey needs to come off his back. <laughs> um, I will feel so sorry. The, he will be the most the person I feel the most sorry for yeah. if South Sydney somehow win this on, on Sunday night. Absolutely. I mean, you know, whatever you think of Ivan Cleary and, and, and whatnot and what he's done in the past, um, you know, the pressure is well and truly on him. And um, you're right. As soon as that, that premiership gets won, um, it'll all be forgotten about and um, Ivan Cleary will be talked about as probably the Penrith's greatest ever coach, I reckon. And, and well, maybe. And you may not you may not get another chance for five years, for six years. Yeah. You know, like this you is gotta, just the way the NRL he's, works. He's been we're, lucky to have two in a row. Absolutely. Like, we're in a salary cap competition yeah. where, you know, you, you look at a team like the Roosters, who we all fear and, and whatnot, and you, you see the season that they've had. You look at Melbourne, there's some good indications that, yes, we all expected Melbourne to fall away once Cronk and Smith went. It's probably just happened, it's happening just a little bit slower than we mm. thought. Melbourne are going to come back to the pack. So any every team, you know, once you get your chance, you've got to take it. Same for the players. They are used to winning grand finals. They've won grand finals in the lower grades. They're yeah. used to playing finals footy. 
But for, for a Nathan Cleary, who you go, well, he's going to have a decade to win comps, this may be the only chance. Like, it well, could happen. That's it could, right. It could, it, Penrith may not be in another grand final for 10 years. Well, look how long it took Jonathan Thurston to win a comp with the Cowboys. I mean, he did win one early with the Bulldogs, but he was coming off the bench. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he they never said he truly won a comp until he won with the Cowboys, and that was very well into his career. He was probably mid you know, early 30s at the time, really towards the twilight years, and mm. he finally got one. You wouldn't want that on, on Nathan Cleary's uh, shoulders no. because, yeah, this is the this is the time, Troy. You're right. This this team, it's full of experience, full of origin experience. We had six plays in the Daily M Team of the yes. Year. Souths had one. Yep. I mean, you put those two things together on paper and you, you can't see nothing but a Penrith victory, so it has and to I'll, happen. I'll cop what happened last year. I think last year was... They obviously got overawed in the grand final. I don't think that will happen again. But it was a weird competition. It was a competition that stopped for four or five weeks there or, or longer. It was a competition that only went for 20 rounds. Like There's yeah. a whole bunch of weird things going on there. And Penrith, as a young, energetic squad, rode that way better than anyone. This year, it's been a more legitimate competition almost. Um, it's got to happen. Penrith's got to win it. I don't know if you can have breaking news on a podcast, but some uh, breaking news. Uh, we do have that statement from the NRL on that crowd news we mentioned earlier, confirming that the crowd will be capped at 39,000 for the grand final on Sunday night at Suncorp Stadium. Ticketek will automatically refund tickets to the final 25% of purchase seats in each grand final seating allocation. Uh, the NRL believe that the first-in policy was the fairest way to determine the allocation of tickets. Uh, Nathan's shaking his head on that one. Um... <laughs> Uh, he said, Andrew Abdo says, we had two allocations of grand final tickets. The first was to the general public. The second was aimed at fans of both grand final teams. The fairest way to determine who can attend the game is by prioritising the first 75% to purchase tickets in each allocation. In each allocation. Okay, that's good. That's Any good. fan who no longer wants to attend will also be able to access a refund. I, don't want to, I want to acknowledge fans who will now miss out on attending the grand final. I know you had been counting down the days to a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and this will be difficult news to take, mm. but this decision is out of our hands. Mr. Abdo acknowledged the efforts of the Queensland government. So 39,000 people for the grand final at Suncorp Stadium. And it really only hit me last night, this whole once-in-a-lifetime thing mm. that they've been talking about. It probably is, you know. Like, I, I, don't, do you, I, don't, I do not see the grand final ever returning to Brisbane for as long as we will remember it, because ANZ Stadium have a deal for the next 30 years or something like that. Um, if if another pandemic happens to, to hit the world, we're probably more prepared for it than ever. And, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, this is for those fans who miss out, but also for those ones who get to go, it's, it's once in a lifetime, and Penrith has a chance to claim that slice of history, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, only an earthquake could really ruin a, a future <laughs> grand final and the stadium crumbles or something. But even then, they could probably find another stadium. I mean, now yeah. SFS is, is getting rebuilt. So, yeah, you're probably right. This would be the, definitely the last time in the next 20, 30 years that we're going to see a, a grand final interstate. But, um, yeah, let's hope this is the last crowd cut that there is you wouldn't yeah. want them to go down to, to 50% or even and lower because that's just that would just be truly devastating for for people that were desperate to go especially fans of both clubs like I don't care if you're a Broncos fan you just want to want to be there you know to experience a grand final it, it's the fans of the clubs playing that I feel for the most now let's talk about uh, the celebrations talking of celebrations because Penrith is uh, in a bit of a difficult situation just mm. technically still in lockdown I say technically because I guess we're in that weird period now where you can still go out and have your picnics and whatever, and we know that in just a couple of weeks things will be reopening. But you're obviously not going to see traditional 
you know, parades and um, events and things like that. Even last year, we had a grand final lunch and, and things like that. Yeah. So, um, look, there's been some pretty good things across the city, but obviously, um, you know, it's mainly confined to house celebrations and things like that. Is there anything that's caught your eye? Good? It's It's been a different build-up, you're right. I'm so glad we got to experience this last year when there weren't, wasn't really any COVID or restrictions around and, and shops were open and people were doing fun things and you can go out to dinner somewhere and they'd have a Panther-themed meal. Um, we're not getting that this year, you're right. We're just getting a few banners in the streets and uh, people decorating their houses. So it, it's great that we did only just get to experience this, you know, 11 months ago. But, um, yeah, I mean, this year's it's obviously been different. Um, there isn't as much buzz around town yet. You're not seeing... Um, too many journalists and TV networks set up outside Panthers and doing crosses and things because there's nothing going on, is there? So yeah, and I think there's been some criticism of I've seen some criticism around that not enough's been done. You've got to remember, as far as say High Street is concerned, apart from food places, like most of those businesses remain closed. So yeah, to I, then say, well, we expect them to come in and and decorate their well, shop. Some when have, shop's some closed, have. So. I went for a walk down High Street today oh, yeah. as I do that every Thursday for yes. a bit of a jog and get some fitness in and um, there are a lot of real estates and things have decorated their uh, you know their places up even the local pharmacy has put a few streamers and balloons out the front but yeah it isn't to the extent of last year unfortunately but mm. um, that's just the the world we're living in at the Got moment anything at your place any uh, uh, my wife is going out to buy some uh, panther color balloons today <laughs> so hopefully they're, they're still uh, up on, on Sunday and haven't exploded. Well, you can get some, uh, don't forget, you can get the Panthers uh, donuts. I know they've got them over at Percy Plunkett. And I reckon all the other donut shops will have them. Krispy Kreme are doing them as well. Yeah. And uh, cupcakes, Mrs. C's, we've got cupcakes. Yeah, I think uh, we'll definitely get some of those. missing that Panthers experience, you can just pop in there and get yourself a Hulk. Those great yeah, they've cocktails. got all the Panthers colours in cocktails yes. as well. So if you if you if you want to spend some money, then you can certainly um, buy a few of those and and get into the spirit. And talking of spending money, um, <laughs> of course, plenty of merchandise um, in the lead up to and after. Now, I have got a tip for those mm. people who missed out on a grand final T-shirt that uh, the shop League and Legends. If you pop up there, uh, pop on to their website. The website uh, they've yeah. got some shirts in. So um, they're you, nice you, shirts you, this year. Yeah, they are really nice shirts. Designed. Uh, what have I got on today? I got the minor premiers 2020 shirt. I've got uh, a Penrith shirt every classic. day. He uh, has that is week. true, folks. Yeah, at the 2018 final shirt, 2017 <laughs> final shirt on on yesterday. So, um, but yeah, look, I'm hoping a premier shirt. There will surely there'll be a premier shirt released on uh, on Monday by the club. You would think. <laughs> you would think. I think. Yeah. I think. I straight after the game. Yes. I think they'll release that one. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I reckon I'm the first person to buy these shirts. I'm going to say. Like I get the email, <laughs> and I'm straight in. Just buy it. You know. You are. A, you love your Panthers memorabilia. He, yeah. he has a museum at home, folks. I won't tell you where he lives because it's, it's <laughs> private. But yeah, it's it's quite in, quite a cool collection. Troy, I'll has. tell you what. We've got to uh, going to add to that. Hopefully, uh, next week. <laughs> You'll need to build another wing in the I'm compound. Not, not chasing down 03 <laughs> and 91 merchandise all the time. But um, we'll see how we go. All right. Uh, yeah. So that's the the reality of the celebrations. Now, as far as coverage is concerned, let's talk about coverage. Western Weekender. We've got a, a special print edition out today. Uh, mm. Forty page preview of the grand final. Uh, gloss cover so make sure you check that out we will have a premiers poster next week if the panthers win the competition no we're gonna have um, a south 
poster in there? No, there won't be a South poster. No so. bingy. No, no, there know, might be a rabbit stew recipe or something like that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get, get one of idea. our experts. Um, but, uh, yes, special edition out today. Now, if you want an extra a copy of that, uh, because uh, we know that not everyone gets it at home um, and there's different circumstances around, there are extra copies at Panthers, so you can pop into the bottle shop or the uh, little merchandise uh, tent they've got there and you can get a copy, uh, or at the Western Weekender offices on Able Street in Jamison Town, there's extra copies available, so you can uh, pick up your extra copy there. Now, um, Channel 9, of course, uh, they have exclusive yes. coverage of, of Grand course. Final Day. I think 10am, they'll get underway with Sports yeah, Sunday. Yeah, we usually get away under, under early on Grand Final Day. Yeah, and then the uh, Sunday footy show at 11 o'clock, there's two preliminary finals of the Queensland Cup to be played. Uh, then there'll be a preview, and then, of course, uh, 7.30 Queensland time. Important to note, Daylight Saving uh, does kick in mm. this weekend. So uh, you lose an hour's sleep, I believe, spring yep. forward. So we lose an hour's sleep on Saturday night, so we're going to need a nap. On Grand Final Day, uh, so seven thirty kickoff Sydney time for the Grand Final. So if you see a little six thirty uh, time around, that is the Queensland time kickoff. Okay. Uh, Fox League, uh, they will have a replay at ten o'clock. So if you've loved the Grand Final, and you want to rewatch it, you can watch the uh, or Fox for League you, coverage. Fox League purists like Troy Dodds over here. <laughs> He he actually told me he's considering not knowing the result <laughs> and just waiting for the uh, the 10 p.m. broadcast on Fox Lead because he, he's such a devotee to that yeah. uh, that station. Yeah, good old Channel Nine, my uh, my network. <laughs> um, now nah, look, they, they do a good job, Channel Nine, of course, on Grand Final Day. They will have all of the uh, all of the team there, and uh, Ray Warren will call his 400th Grand Final or something. Yes, so he's pumped. He's, yes, he'll be he's, good he's studying the team list all week, and he'll he'll say Matt Burton's name this week and not his brother Tom. <laughs> You know what Rabs would be thrilled about is that he has not had to fly anywhere this year. Oh, he's loved it. Um, he's, he's got to stay in Sydney. That is one of the weird concepts of the grand final too. This will be the, I'm going to say this is the first grand final that will be called off a of television. You're because, of course, it. Rabs was there last year at, yes. um, at ANZ Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. this will be the first grand final we've had called off a of TV. What a trivia. So, piece of trivia that is. is. I look forward to seeing that in a future episode yeah. of South Century. <laughs> yes, it should well be. Um, and of course, look, um, let me tell you this. I know I don't know if you're a collector or, or whatnot, but you'll love yes. having it. Make sure you go out on Monday, grab yourself the papers, the Daily Telegraph, mm. the Sydney Morning Herald, the Australian. Make sure you have them, you get to keep them, and it's good milestones. We've got the uh, 91 papers at home, the 03 papers oh, yeah, at home. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's always um, good to have, and um, yeah, it's great to look back on in, in future years. And, and don't forget the weekender, of course. That's, a, that's yes. going to be a collector's item as well in, in years to come, I'm sure. Yep, make sure you get your copy today and also uh, next week. If you're a radio person, you're going to be out for some reason on oh, Sunday night, dear. which you're not allowed to. Um, there is a thousand radio stations calling the NRL Grand yeah. Final. Uh, Triple M, 2GB. Uh, the ABC and SEN, I think, all have wow. uh, broadcasts of the uh, the grand final. So um, that'll be uh, that'll be happening there. So lots of coverage around. Um, let's do the final predictions. What do we think is going to happen? Um, I'll kick it off. I've gone with Penrith by thirteen plus in the pa- by thirteen. Sorry, in the paper, okay. thirteen plus would be wonderful. <laughs> uh, by thirteen, I just think that in the end. Uh, and look, it might be a tight grand final. I think back, actually, to South's grand final over the Bulldogs in 2014. Mm. The Bulldogs had come from sixth to, yeah. to make the grand final. South were, were the runaway uh, favourites for that grand final, but it was pretty close at half time, and only in the end did South get away that. I think it'll actually follow a similar path. I think it'll be pretty tight in the first half, but I've just got a feeling that, that Penrith just got this one game in them. Um, mm. And I'm sure that when they... When they gathered for that little huddle after the the game last week, that's pretty much what it was all about. And you saw 
I was could not have been happier with a press conference than the way Ivan and Isaiah Yo handled that presser last week. They came in. You you could have thought they'd lost if you had the sound down yeah, and just yeah. turned it on because they were stony faced. They knew they had the job in front of them. They don't want to lose a second grand final. It's all written in the stars. This is Penrith's grand final. They win by thirteen. Isaiah Yo takes home the Clive Churchill. Yeah, exactly right. And we need to remember, folks, when we're watching this game, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. I and mean, that's a no-brainer to say that, but we just can't expect Penrith to, to go out there and, and put on a massive scoreline early. It's going to be a, a grinding encounter. And hopefully in the end, you know, as Troy said, later on in the second half, uh, things sort of do open up a bit and, and Penrith can manage to put some tries away and we can and can sit relaxed for the final 20 or, or 10 minutes. But um, look, it's going to be an extremely tough game. In the paper, you put me on the spot the other day when you wanted my tip and I, I threw out 20. Yes. Uh, it's it's big. I'd love it to be 20. Oh, so I'm that be? throwing that into, into, into the universe there and... Um, yeah, that'll be an incredible night. But um, yeah, any, any result that sees Penrith on top will be great for me. I've also picked Isaiah Yo. Uh, you know, it's probably going to be Nathan Cleary, depending on on how big of a say he has in the result. If he has to kick a, a field goal or, or, or a goal kick from the sideline to, to win it or something like that, then it's going to be Cleary. But uh, I think all signs at the moment are pointing to Isaiah Yo, Penrith. Uh, co-captain there. I, I can expect a huge performance from him. He, he's determined uh, more than anything this week and uh, hopefully he can get the job done. What about your first try scorer? Who have you got? Uh, uh, first try scorer? Uh, Brian Toto. Oh, okay. I'm going to be a Kurt Capewell. Okay, he's going to have a big game yeah, too. Yeah, he, I've got a feeling he, his he last game. Big games. Last game for Penrith and uh, just a little bit on the edge there. I reckon he might be able to Sneak through for a first try, so there you go. And Matt Burton is a smoky as well. He's 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 due for for another one. He's had an outstanding season as centre of the year, and um, yeah, if you want to put some bets on, there's some good smokies there for you. Now, just uh, before we go, of course, um, we will see the grand final on Sunday. The final teams will only be confirmed an hour before kickoff, but we'll probably have an indication on Saturday night after the captains run. Um, there are still some injury concerns for the Panthers, right? There are, there are a few injury concerns. Obviously, we know Pangai Jr. won't be there, but um, you may have seen pictures all week of Dylan Edwards on, on crutches and in a moon boot and whatnot. He has been... uh, just on that, you're around the boys quite a lot. That is nothing new for Eddie this year. No, no, that, that is nothing new this year. And, um, you know, all these players sometimes come to training on, on a Monday in a, in a brace or something and they're back out there on, on the weekend. It's just a stabilising injury and so they don't put any weight on it and it is to protect them throughout the week. And I'm sure, you know, by the captain's run, Dylan Edwards will be out there running because he's going to have to on the captain's run to, to prove his fitness. Um, but as someone said uh, the other day, I think it might have been Isaiah Yo in an interview with 2GB, this has been happening to Penrith for the last few weeks, but... There hasn't been this many cameras at training. Mm. Cameras don't usually aren't usually invited to Panthers training. Yes. So that's why they haven't seen footage and vision of Brian Toto in a in a wheelchair and, <laughs> and whatnot and, and Eddie, you know, walking around with um with crutches and things like that. So the reason you're seeing this is because there's more cameras around, but it is really nothing new, Troy. How confident would you be if we do lose one of those guys? If either Eddie or, or Brian Toto is out, um, you still think we got it? Oh, I <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we'll do it a lot tougher. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think when we lost Eddie and um, Moses Leota prior to that Souths game uh, a few weeks back, I think that did stuff us a bit um, more for the fact that they're just the combinations were were screwed. While Crichton is a great fullback and whatnot. Eddie just provides something different. He mm. provides support play. Um, he, he's excellent. Um, you know, I dare say if Eddie's in that game against South Penrith, win. Because Absolutely. There were a couple of breaks there that Absolutely. traditionally and, Dylan Edwards would have And we didn't up. have Scott Sorensen as well. So most of Scott Sorensen, your four packs yeah. back. So, yeah, 
one of those guys are out, I still think Penrith can win, but it's, I'm going to feel a little bit uneasy, that's all. I don't think Tavita is the biggest blow in the world. I will say, absolute genius recruitment from Penrith on Tavita Pangai Jr. I know he misses the grand final. I know he had a, a personal tragedy that saw him miss a couple of games as mm. well. But he filled the exact gap that Penrith thought he might need to fill. Yep. Uh, James Fisher-Harris ends up going for a couple of weeks. Moses Leota has this uh, persistent calf injury that saw him miss yeah. a couple of games. Scott Sorensen does a shoulder problem. And that that's the exact depth that Penrith were worried that they might not have um, if, if someone went down. So he's filled the... He's, he's, it's just been genius recruitment. It was, it was a brilliant purchase. It was very, very smart from my from and clear it to meet up with Tavita um, many, many months ago in Brisbane and chat about the possibility of coming to Penrith to, to see out the season. And um, yeah, while it is obviously devastating, he can't play in the grand final. He did his job. He got them there. And now a guy like Spencer Lenny gets his chance to, to really stamp his, his case for a long-term spot next year. The final word on the Clearies, because this... I don't reckon it's been talked about as much this year as it was last year about the whole Nathan Ivan father-son um, father son combination final, to, yep. to win the grand final, which which has been done at Penrith before, of course, with uh, with John and Martin Lang. But this will this will finalise any of the critics that still exist, right? Like we know that there's yeah, still yeah, critics yeah. of Ivan Cleary. We know there's a few people in the media who are West Tigers fans. They might not always, um, you know, throw that uh, caveat in when they criticise Ivan, but. Um, there was a lot of criticism on Ivan Cleary when he came back to Penrith in 2019, a lot. The West Tigers fans still harbour that. We saw that at Leichhardt Oval um, mm. mid-season when, a, when the Tigers beat a reserve-grade Penrith team and thought that they'd <laughs> won the premiership. Um, there's Penrith fans who don't like Ivan and Nathan Cleary, and it seems to date back to 2019 or, you know, whatever. It's done now, right? If, if Penrith win this competition... Those people, like they, there needs to be a, a full page ad. We'll, we'll pay for the full page ad for anyone who wants to go in and apologise and say I was wrong for, and just say I was wrong yes. because it was pretty clear you just needed to have the faith and trust the process. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, you'd hope that those people will uh, will crawl back into a little hole and you'll never hear from them again. Uh, I'll be very surprised if any of them stand up, Troy, and take your offer and, and put an ad in the paper <laughs> and say they were wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, ultimately they are. I think they are now. Mm. Um, Penrith have made back-to-back grand finals in Ivan's first three years back at the club. And, and anyone, you know, can't say that's not a good thing. I mean, that's incredible. And of course... There is still one more thing to do, and that's win it, and that would silence everyone, and no one will have a comeback after that. But, um, yeah, fingers crossed that it all goes uh, Penrith's way on Sunday night. Now, uh, I've said finally a few times, and I keep thinking of things <laughs> on our so list So many good things. Yeah, keep it here. going. Yesterday, we ran a dry run of this, and I want to put you on the spot here. So I'm going to give you a pie pie chart oh, of no. percentages here because, you know, a grand final is not just about the 17 players who run out there on the day. A grand mm-hmm. final is not just about the coach. A lot goes in, we, a lot of what-ifs happen as far as a grand final is concerned. And we know that there's been a few people involved behind the scenes in this grand final. So if we're going to accept that Ivan Cleary gets 50% of the pie chart, yeah. uh, if we take the players out of the mix, yes, so the, sure. the players have got their own pie chart, 100%. <laughs> Nathan Cleary's probably got about 85% of it. Oh, again, uh, this is very controversial. Ivan Cleary has 50% of Ooh. the pie chart. He is 50% responsible for this potential premiership. Who else... <laughs> Fits in okay. to the pie chart. I'll, I'll open it up. Do we have to give percentages or we just... No, no, let's just throw in who, who okay, would get okay. a percentage. Oh, now, I'll open it up okay. and I think 
Uh, Panthers recruitment manager Jim Jones. Yep. Uh, he needs to be in the list. He's recruited a lot of these guys. Uh, he's the one that goes out there and watches uh, random camps four or five hours away and, and does. We saw a feature this week where he, he, he visited the, the coffee shop over at Nepean Square every, <laughs> yeah. every day because he wanted to talk to Dylan Edwards and try and convince him to join the club. He brought his wife along. His wife didn't like the coffee. Great little stories there. But yeah, I think Jim Jones, I'm putting him in the, uh, the pie chart. That's an excellent choice, Troy, because you're right. He, Jim Jones has been part of the club for decades and he's unearthed many, many Penrith stars over the years. So, yeah, he's certainly responsible um, you know, for this current crop. I'm going to throw in um, Cam Serraldo. Oh, okay, yep. Uh, I don't think we're at this position now without Cam, not just because of the systems he's put place for Penrith defensively, but he was the coach... Um, in the under-20s where a lot of these players came through and won grand final finals and, and, and played in grand finals as Cam as coach. And a lot of them stayed on at Penrith because they loved working under Cam. So I think Cam certainly um, has played a big part in Penrith's success this year. All right, well, I'm going to throw Dave O'Neill, the Panthers chairman, oh, okay. into the pie chart. Save because Dave. Because. Um, Dave O'Neill, pretty much, let's be honest, I mean, apart unless he had the support of the board, absolutely, and the CEO yeah. and Brian Fletcher, pretty much on his own decided, no, I need to get Ivan Cleary back to this club to finish what he started. Um, and Dave was hit from pillar to post over that decision um, because the Panthers, of course, had managed to, to make the finals in, in 2016, in 2017, in 2018 under Anthony Griffin. Um, incredibly... Dave O'Neill says, you know what, the guy that we that we said was tired a few years ago, we want to bring him back. Everyone thought that this, I remember we broke that story, we that did. Ivan Cleary was potentially coming back to Penrith, and everyone thought it impossible, can't be happening. Um, and I kept telling people as we got closer and closer to Christmas, don't worry, this is going to happen, Dave's going to get his man. He did, um, went through a lot of pain to make it happen, but at the end of the day, I don't know if Penrith win this competition, or get to where they are now, or even get to the grand final last year without Ivan. Dave's the one who brought back Ivan, so I, uh, Dave O'Neill goes into the pie chart. Excellent choice with Dave O'Neill there, Troy. Um, now, this one might be a bit controversial, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway, so don't laugh at me, Panthers fans, <laughs> but I'm going to give Anthony Griffin a tiny Ooh. percentage of uh, responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he did. He, he debuted a lot of these players. Exactly right, and, and the biggest one in particular is Nathan Cleary. Um, he did debut him. Um, back in uh, 2016, I mm-hmm. believe it yeah. was, as an 18-year-old. Um, not many people would have done that. He, he'd just been playing under 20s, played one game in New South Wales Cup, and Anthony Griffin thought it was time to usher in a, a new era. He, he'd end up dumping our, our good mate Jam- Jamie Soward yes. a week later, never to be seen again. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it, it might everyone might laugh at me, but... Just for that single fact alone that he debuted Nathan Cleary as well as, as a few other guys, then um, you've got to give him at least a couple of percentage points there, Troy. All right. Now, there's one final one. <laughs> this is the one I wanted to Here the, we go. Uh, into Here the we pie go. chart. It's got to be Phil Gus Gould, does it not? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, think... And look, uh, I think uh, there's a couple of things on Gus because Here we go. I think that in some ways... Gus might get too much credit for this, for, for what's going to happen. And I think that, but I, but he certainly doesn't deserve no credit because Gus is certainly the one who implemented the systems that now ensure that Penrith is the success that it is and that Penrith will be a success moving forward. And um, forget about the saving the club scenario yeah, 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah. Like, of course, yes, yeah. if, of course he did. We know that. But in terms of this, this side, um, you know, Gus 
had a way of getting people to come to Penrith or to stay with Penrith. We saw that an article this week about Jerome Luai and yeah. you know, it was a discussion with Gus. We know that Gus got probably too involved at different points, but that involvement was often um, only ever with good intentions. So as much as Gus had some missteps along the way, mm. um, and as much as I don't know if he deserves the credit that, that some will give him this week, he's a big part of the current Penrith that we, that we see and love. Absolutely. I 100% agree with you there, Troy. And the one thing I will say, and I brought this up with you yesterday, Gus was the man that delivered us Ivan. In the first place, yes. In the first place 10 years ago. Yep. And perhaps if Ivan never came to the club, we wouldn't have Nathan Cleary. Mm. Uh, so let's just think about that one. If Gus wasn't there... Ivan wasn't there, Nathan wouldn't be there, and we probably wouldn't be uh, in a grand final come Sunday. So. Well, who hired Gus back in uh, 1990? Maybe we'll give them some credit. You know? like, I mean, well, <laughs> well yeah, how yeah. far back do you go? Well, well, well think about it. Gus played, he was a Penrith uh, player. He was yeah, captain yeah, of the side. Yeah. All right, so. who, who gave him his first credit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, yeah, there's a lot of people who deserve credit. And you know what? Beyond that, beyond the pie chart, uh, everyone from sponsors to trainers to to people in the admin and the marketing teams of Panthers, like this is a very well run club these days. Yeah. Um, a pleasure to be a fan of and a supporter of. So um, let's hope that we uh, we bring home the trophy on on Sunday. Let's do it. All right. Thank you very much for your company. Don't forget westernweekend.com.au. We've still got plenty of grand final coverage to come on the weekend, including on game day, your chance to win a signed Penrith Panthers wow. 2021 jersey. Uh, it's on our Instagram, so that's where you're going to find that on Sunday morning. We'll announce how you could win a 2021 Panthers jersey um, on our socials all weekend. And, of course, the print edition um, is out now. Thanks for your company. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks, Troy. We'll see you with the trophy it's, um, at some point in the next couple of weeks. Bye for now. It's all-